the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 970 The Answer presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information from the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. I'm getting closer to my head. Call now. 866-970-9622. That's 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman. Good morning, everyone. I'm Dottie Herman, and you're listening to Eye on Real Estate. So, as you know, we're the only show on talk radio that's all about real estate and everything that has to do with real estate which, of course, is just about everything. So if you've got any questions about real estate or any of the many things that have to do with real estate, financing, rentals, management, relocation, give us a call at 866-970-9622. That's 866-970-9622. So good morning, Jerry, my co Good morning, Donnie. Welcome back. Thank you. Uh, my New York real estate attorney and good friend, Jerry Feeney, is to here with us, as always. Uh, how long is it, Jerry? 134 years. <laughs> 134 <laughs> years. Yes, it's and our anniversary today. He's been giving legal <laughs> advice since he's been five. Um, <laughs> and you can get a hold of Jerry at 866-970-9622. And our mortgage and financial guru and friend, Ace, what is this, Supark, is oh. in the studio Ace is the executive vice president of RBS Citizens Bank, and he'd be happy to answer any questions you might have about getting a mortgage. Ace is going to talk today about why so many people are moving towards home equity loans instead of refinancing. Good morning, Dottie. Good morning, Jerry. Hello, Ace. Um, Ace just told me he just came back from Detroit. Yeah. And since, Jerry, we've talked a lot on this show about Detroit and how you could buy properties for the time maybe fifty dollars something like that yeah tell in, us in the heyday yeah. it's um guys it i gotta tell you it's regentrified i was shocked in terms of what i saw in the city and it's it's energetic um there's a lot of people coming back into the city so basically before before ford exited they had 1.7 million folks there and right after ford exited they were left with 400,000 people and within the last two years, 300,000 people came back into the city. And it's almost like a, a there's six cities within a city. And downtown Detroit is so regentrified, Jerry. There's so much energy and so much new construction. Dan Gilbert and the CEO of Caesar Pizza bought up 80% of the buildings in Detroit. And now it's just... I mean, it's 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 expensive, surprisingly, right? So good for Detroit. Yeah, good for Detroit, and you so know, we can't make fun of it anymore. You can't make fun of well, it anymore, guys. No, we didn't. But you know what? <laughs> we told everyone to buy there, and we did. Yes, you did. That right. was the mistake, guys. Yes, that was mm-hmm. the mistake. We gave advice. We just didn't follow our own. <laughs> 
Okay. But we really want to thank Citizens Bank for their support of this show. Um, and remember that our listeners and many of the services that Citizens Bank has, I mean, of course we do mortgages, um, but it offers, in addition to mortgages and loans, you can, if you have a car, a boat, a recreational vehicle, we're going to talk about home equity loans or equity lines of credit from Citizens. You have such a lot of choices to make your monthly payments using our Pay My Loan service and make your payments automatically. So... You can make all your payments automatically, Ace? Yeah. it's Everything is auto-deduct now. So. Yeah. So everything is simple. Simple. And, and, you know, the most important thing you can do is put the right team together and get the right financial advice. And when I say that, you know, we always have a lot of friends who love to give advice, and I'm sure they mean well. Um, I usually get bombarded with advice, but at the end of the day, they're giving you advice that works for them or works for their comfort zone, and there's no cookie-cutter way to do things. You kind of have to sit down and, and kind of look at what's important to you, where you are in life, what stage you are, and how much you know risk or you want to take, and the best way to do that is sit down with someone like Ace at Citizens Bank and they're glad to talk to you and come up with something that's really customized for your own needs. You know, tax day is around the corner, and this year's due date is April 18th because the 15th falls on a Saturday, and on a Monday, uh, Emancipation Day is celebrated, which is why we pay taxes in the first place. So you have a few extra days this year. You can also file for an extension online. Just Google tax extension and you'll find several free ways to file an extension. But just remember that along with the extensions comes interest and fees. And we'll talk a little about taxes. Happy birthday to Leonardo da Vinci, who was born today in 1452. Um, he was obviously a painter, a sculptor, an architect, a musician, a mathematician, an engineer, and an inventor. Gee, he was multifaceted, I guess. He was yeah. a smart guy, yeah. Wow. Yeah. He died at age 67. He was an Aries, and guess what? Other famous painter was born on this day. Do you know who it was? There was another famous, Vincent van Gogh. Oh, wow. Yeah. And today is also the birthday of Betty Davis, and remember whatever happened to baby Jane? Did oh, you yeah. see that all movie? About, all about Eve. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely love Betty Davis. Yeah, she was great. Um, so security is such a big issue these days, and so we're going to take a little moment to go over some topics that might keep you safer in your home and uh, look at what you should look at in, in, in making your home as secure as you can, even though I tend to think some of us are just kind of like I am. I leave the garage open. I mean, I don't, but you really should lock it, and yeah. we'll go through them. Um, We'll talk but, a little about house buying, and I have a lot of mortgage things. Uh, and what should you do when you move in with someone that you're not married to? Uh, should you mm. should you have an agreement ahead of time or not? Um, I've been getting a lot of questions uh, for all of us, and so uh, today uh, I try to answer as many of uh, some of them each each week. And I have a question, and it was. Dottie, what are your thoughts in the gender wage gap? And does it exist less for career women in real estate because real estate is about sales? 
Okay, that's a good question. Yeah, that's a great question. And of course, um, I honestly think in real estate itself, as far as selling real estate, I, I don't see any gap. No, I mean, women are no. right at the top of the Yeah, if you look at game. all the top producers. And, you know, I think that's one of the few places. I, I mean, there there's wage gaps all over, but I think in real estate, I, I don't. I don't see any. Uh, obviously, you know, it's about the relationship you have with the client. So you have to have some kind of rapport with them. You have to be good at what you do. But I don't ever, I, I really don't experience too many um, anything where it, women make more than men or men. I think it's, you know, if you're going to work hard and you're going to be good in this business, women can do just as well, if not better. Um, so at least of that, I don't. And then I have another question, um, Sherry, which says, I'm confused. What's the difference between real estate tax, property tax, and personal property tax? Which real estate tax and property tax is kind of our... Pretty much interchangeably, yeah. We're talking about the same thing there. Right, right. It's the the tax that you pay to the municipalities based on the assessment, uh, the valuation of your real estate. Right. Now, the IRS just uses the term real estate tax, but most people call it property tax. Yeah. And that's yeah. the taxes that you pay, which, you know, if you're school municipality, tax, school county, taxes yeah. are in there. Yeah. Um, and if you, and, and usually what makes the taxes the highest or what brings them up the most is a lot of times the school taxes. Yeah, very inexpensive out in Long Island, right, Donnie? Right, in Westchester. Yeah. yeah, very inexpensive. Yeah. But you By don't the way, have before to, everybody but, starts emailing, but, all about all about Eve was Joan Crawford. So I just realized oh, I misspoke. Yeah. Yeah, but what about happened to Baby Jane? Was Betty? Yes, Davis. that was Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. Yes, okay. yes, yes. Anyway, I talked over. I apologize. What was saying, Donnie? Okay, so and prop. Okay, so on the other hand, personal property tax is an annual tax imposed on movable assets. Uh, so if you had a mobile home, that's not considered a real estate is, you know, you have a, that you would pay taxes on that. That's personal. And if you have a boat or a plane, the portion of your vehicle's registration or license fee that's based on the value of the vehicle is considered personal property tax. So it's basically personal property. Yeah. Other countries do um, <clears throat> wealth taxes. We don't generally uh, tax people on, on the value of their wealth rather we tax people on the value of their earnings and income, but also real estate is, is a separate category. Right. So you you, you really don't have to um, – that's not mixed up with when – you, when you buy a home, you're going to look at what the taxes are, and you're going to look at – you're going to speak with ACE or somebody at Citizens and find out what the payments should be and what the interest rate's going to be. And then you're going to make sure that someone doesn't have a VA exemption because if you were a veteran, you will your taxes, you get an automatic exemption. Or sometimes when you're over a certain age, they have some kind of a star or I forgot the name of the program's exemption. So you want to make sure that the homeowner, so, because sometimes they just forget, doesn't have mm-hmm. any exemptions on their taxes um, and make sure that you look uh, and then you would look at what the taxes are going to be for your property. <clears throat> And that's why if you, when you're looking in, in an area, if you have young children and you're looking at schools, schools play a very important part of value because if you're in a district that happens to be a very good school district, you won't have to think about sending your kids to private school. So you, you know, you can... Save some money there. Right, yeah. right. So... 
So, Donnie, I have a, I have a qu- question for you. It's kind of a little story, if you have a second. I am looking for <clears throat> some investment property up around me, and I've been calling on this piece of property. This has been on the market for a long time. It seems to be priced well, and has it moved? Well, it took three days for the agent to call me back. <laughs> oh, that's a good agent. <laughs> and, and then left me a voicemail. I said, sorry for the delay. I've been busy. And it, uh, okay, so I immediately called back about an hour later after I got the voicemail. That was two days ago. Still haven't heard back. Hmm. So I, I, you know, I kind of feel sorry for the owner. They probably don't realize. And I was thinking, you know, if you have a property that's not moving, you may want to have one of your friends try to see it. Try to call the agent and see how quickly they get back to them if it's the property's languishing because it could be nothing to do with price or anything. Could have to do with accessibility. This agent is just not accessible to see the property, and I really. Uh, I wonder if I'm sure you've or seen you, that the other thing in your I would, career. Uh, well, you, yeah, but the other thing I would do is, you know, uh, find the name of the company that the real estate agent works for and just call yeah, the yeah. manager there, and I'm sure that they will do something about it. Uh, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. I but I would that. say, you know, not. I, I would hope that that's not the norm uh, because. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> most agents are very responsive. Yeah, they want to make so. money, but I kind of felt bad for this owner. They probably didn't even realize, but. You have to tell them. Maybe. Three days to get back. Come on. But I just wanted to tell you because we are we do have our taxes are, are due that the new tax law included an unwelcome surprise for some homeowners, a ten thousand cap on state and local tax deductions. That cap could cause some financial pain for residents of some high tax states like New York, uh, where even middle class homes can easily exceed the threshold. So given the new cap, it's worth trying to lower your property tax bill. And uh, the first step to figure out if you're likely to be affected by the 10000 limit on, so- on your deductions. And homeowners whose property tax bills are close to that amount are likely to feel that. So you can see if there's a way that you can get, uh, if you're likely to itemize deductions in 2018, um, you can see if there's a way that you can do something to lower your taxes because there are some things that not everyone, you know, that you might want to be able to do to cut them. And then also check your value because there's a process called certiorari and it's different in New York and all Long Island as far as when the filing period is. But taxes are supposedly based on value. So if, um, you know, the value of your home is less than what they have it down for, um, then maybe you can um, have your taxes changed but you have to be careful with that because sometimes there's improvements that you don't report and it could be more mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Um, but there are things you can do and sometimes not always uh, but if there but at least i thought you should know about that then also if you are filing for deductions when you're selling your home um, remember these are things that you can take off when you're selling there when you're selling your home selling costs you can deduct any costs associated with selling the home, including legal fees, okay, escrow fees, advertising costs, and you can deduct real estate commissions, okay? Mm-hmm, know that, mm-hmm. that, that that real estate commission is deductible. To the basis, yeah. Yeah. For capital gains. And you could include a home staging fees. Uh, that's from an accountant to the, somebody that, that you can do that. And, 2000 ex, and 2018 tax changes, these deductions are still allowed under the new law. So you can deduct a lot of things when you're selling your home. 
home improvements and repairs, and that's why it's important to keep your receipts. If you've renovated a few rooms to make your home more marketable, super, they probably have helped you get a, a higher sales price, and now you can deduct those upgrade costs as well. Um, this includes painting the house, repairing the roof or water heater, or anything that remains useful past a year. So it can't be something that's not useful in a, you know, after a year. But there's a catch, and it all boils down to timing. If you needed to make home improvements in order to sell your home, you can deduct these expenses as selling costs as long as they were made within 90 days of the closing. Of the closing? Huh? Yes. And there's no tax change in 2018. It's the same. So that's all remain the same. So you have to do it. Property taxes. If you were... Pay, if you're paying your property taxes, and obviously you have to, up to the point when you sold your home, you can deduct the amount you paid in property taxes for the time you owned it. So if you sold your home in the middle of the year, I'm sure do you do this at the closing, Jerry, where they adjust it. Yeah, they adjust. Oftentimes there's a prepayment by the seller, and the buyer has to reimburse for the, for the prepaid taxes and other expenses. Right. So in 2018, the tax law, this deduction is still allowed, but your total deductions are capped at $10,000. That's the difference. Mm -hmm. So you may be able to avoid this cap if you prepaid your 2018 taxes and if your property was assessed in 2017. Yeah, we all prepaid yeah. it. I hope it works. There's been some debate as to whether it's going to be honored I know. We all prepaid, not, but, but we don't we know. We all ran out like lunatics and <laughs> paid it. Also, for... for, for um, you can deduct the mortgage interest. As with property taxes, you can deduct the interest on your mortgage up to a maximum of $1 million. So for the portions of the years you own the home, so you can deduct your interest. Now, in 2018, new homeowners and sellers can deduct the interest on and up to only 750000 It was a million. But in 2018, they lowered that. Um, but homeowners who got their mortgage before December 15, 2017, can continue deducting up to the original $1 million. So you're basically grandfather. grandfather. Moving expenses. If you sold your home in 2017 in order to move for a job change, you can deduct those expenses. But you had to sell it because you're moving for a job change. The 2018 tax changes lawmakers eliminated that deduction for most of us. So, however, members of the armed forces on active duty can still take the deduction, but I guess uh, you cannot take that deduction in 2018 anymore. I don't know how many people move, so I, I don't think it affects a lot of people. Yeah, I don't, th I don't think that was a big one. No. Now, what's up with capital gains? Tax for sellers. This one isn't technically a deduction. It's an exclusion, but you're still going to like it. As a reminder, capital gains are your profits from selling your home, whatever cash is left after paying off your expenses, plus any outstanding mortgage debt. And yes, these profits are taxed as income, but here's the good news. You can exclude up to 250000 of capital gains from the sale if you're single and 500000 if married. The only big catch is you must have lived in your home at least two of the past five years. And uh, lawmakers tried to change that rule. However, they weren't able to, thank goodness. Thank goodness. Okay? Mm -hmm. So thank goodness for things. Uh, so I think we have a commercial break. We'll be right back after our break. 
It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back, and you're listening to I on Real Estate. I'm here with Jerry and Ace, and uh, I just want to finish up a few little things about taxes. 866-970-9622. So um, these are a few unusual deductions that maybe people don't know about. But if you're not so sentimental and you have a wedding dress and uh, the average bride spends over $1,500 on a wedding dress, according to a recent uh, survey, um, you can hang their dress up in your closet and hope that your daughter wants to wear it when she gets married. Um, or you can make a decision to donate it and and you can get a receipt, and you can deduct that. Uh, the resale value is usually around 50% of its purchase price, and you can deduct your wedding dress if you donate it. Um, you can, that dog might be able to fetch you a deduction and uh, if it's related to your business. So if your dog is a legitimate, legitimate working animal, like a junkyard dog or a guard dog, that can be deducted as a business expense. Really? I can deduct uh, Well, I, I don't know if yours are guard dogs, okay? <laughs> they, they do nothing. I don't think they, that they, they are. They barely wake up. I think the IRS would catch you in that one. They would say, please submit a picture of your dogs. Yeah. So they would know right away they're not. Yeah, they would oh. know they're useless. Yeah. Right. No, they're not useless, but I don't think they're going to keep the uh, they're, they're pretty useless, burglars yeah. away. <laughs> no, okay. they lick the burglars. They they lick people that intrude. So. Okay, so, so it has to be, you know, somebody that's really a guard dog for mm-hmm. a business. Uh, doctor prescribed deduction. So if you're a doctor, if there's a deduction for medical and dental expenses, that, that might not fly. But if your doctor says, oh, well, Jerry or Ace, you need a swimming pool because that's good for your arthritis or something, and he writes that down, or, or you need a wheelchair accessible ramp for your house. Or if you need regular massages because of aches and pains, but your doctor is willing to write that, um, then that could be deductible as long as. What about a margarita machine? The key is that the condition has to be prescribed by a medical physician, not Mm. self prescribed. So, Jerry, you can't, or I need massages every night. Well, but but I might need a medical, I might need a margarita machine for my. Well, if your doctor is willing to say that, all right, so you have to find one of those. Shady doctors. Sure, we can find um, <laughs> And uh, also, so you know, so your vehicle registration deductions in some states base the fee for registration on vehicles' values. So you can, in some states, do that. Anyway, if you need help, by the way, I think I mean I I can't say it because I'm not doing my own taxes, but. Um, they say that it's pretty easy, and if you made less than 66000 in 2017 and have a simple return, the government, they say it's pretty easy. And there is an app um, that you can get, and it's called Ask a CPA app, and it provides tax-related answers for free. So it's called Ask a CPA, and there's an app online if you wish to look at it. That's up to you, but I'm still using my account. Uh, by the way, uh, I love Diane Keaton, and I just read that uh, her apartment, her starter apartment, it was what the apartment that she bought um, when she, uh, at the age of 30, following her role in Woody Allen's Annie Hall. I don't know if anyone remembers that movie. Oh, sure. uh, so it's a th- and, and it's a three-bedroom, three-bathroom home in the iconic San Remo co-op building, and uh 
According to the New York Post, the list is our Lawrence Slaughter, vice chairman of investment banking, and he paid $13.5 million in 2012, and that's, gee, a hefty price for a startup apartment. But San Remo is one of those iconic buildings in the city. I also thought that it would be interesting to find out that actor Adrian Grainer, who bought a $10,000 toilet for his mom's townhouse. Now, that's uh, – if what, it was my son, I'd say, would you buy me something? <laughs> I don't need it. The 41, romantic, okay, uh, the 41-year-old actor, best known for his role on HBO's Entourage, is renovating a Clinton Hill townhouse for his mom. So that's really mm-hmm. nice of him. He was raised in Greenwich Village by his mom, who, as it happens, is a longtime real estate broker. It helps that he also worked out a sponsorship deal with Japanese toilet makers, Toto. He's adding this seven, I think it's a 750H model, which is self-cleaning and automatically shuts its lid after use. It oh. and it retails for ten thousand two hundred. I think maybe it's six My too. Yeah. And yes, he thinks it will increase the value of the home. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think it sounds lovely, but it's not going to increase a dollar. On the he road. says it's a no-brainer. I think that it's karma. It's the best thing to do when we pick the best toilets or the best kitchens. It's better for living while we're living there. And when we pass it on to the next owner, we're paying it forward. Well, I don't know. I don't think you're going to get the money back for a $10,000 toilet. Unless no. you know, one, I'm sure there's maybe one in a million. But uh, what would the what would the ad say for but that? But I would so. say to him, if I was his mom, I would say, oh, you know what? If you're going to spend ten thousand, I think I'd go for something else. Jewelry, maybe. <laughs> yeah, or maybe. Something. And by the way, you know, we're always talking about uh, Mars. Uh, well, there is going to be a seven hundred ninety-two thousand dollar a night. Now, I'm not making this up. Luxury hotel will orbit 200 miles above Earth. And it's called Aurea Station, built as the first luxury hotel in space, hopes to launch the module station in late 2021. And Ace, I'm I'm signing you up to go. Since you went to the Ice Hotel, you'll have to go to Oh, I'm definitely going. Okay. And welcome its first guest the following year with two crew members accompanying each excursion. Now, this is true. The platform would orbit 200 miles above Earth. So that's, uh, I guess that's not that high up. Um, offering six guests, 380 sunrises and sunsets as they race around the planet for 12 days at incredibly high speeds. The 12-day stay starts at 9.5 million per person. So I think you have to have means. <laughs> it's not for everyone. Talk about disposable income. I know. Okay, oh, listen to this. It starts at 9.5 million per person, or about 791,000 a night. It's Aurora Station is is planned as a 35 by 14 foot module, or roughly the interior volume of a Gulfstream G550 private jet. The station will accommodate as many as four guests, plus two of you need a crew to so the crew, which will be two people. The, and the company, they don't want any deadbeats. They require $80,000 deposit, which is fully refundable, and began accepting payments on Thursday. 
No word yet on the mini bar or turn down service. We don't have that information, but we'll keep can you posted because for that price, for that price, they can turn down. They can turn down. Nine point five million. Wow. I mean, the mini bar must be super expensive. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But remember, I mean, and, and remember when we talked on, I think it was a year or two ago, we talked on the show about mm. people that, I said, if you hate everybody, if you don't like people, then you could buy that job, you know, you could go to Mars and it's a one-way, but it's a one-way ticket and you can't come back. And they had so many applications. So there was a lot of people. So I'm sure there's somebody who will pay. I mean, you have to have a lot of money to do this, but uh, <clears throat> that's what they said. People have a lot of disposable yeah. income. I guess. 2021 is right around the corner. Yeah. yeah that's not that far that's away. That's not that far away. Well, it's a year after that because its first guest will be the following year. It'll be kind of ready to be open. And, wow. Um, listen, it's not my cup of tea, but uh, I'm sure somebody would like it. Okay, Ace. Yes. With mortgages, what are we at now? 30 for a 30 year fix. We're hovering right around 4.5%, 4.5. Depending on which bank, four point seven five. Yeah, and an, and an arm which is an adjustable five years, meaning that it adjusts every five years. What is that about? Four. That's around four. Yeah. Yeah. So that's so, low. It's low. Still very low. It's 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 still low, and I'm telling you, if you're, I don't see them going down the interest rates. So really, if you're in the market to buy, I mean, you shouldn't just buy because the interest rates go up, but it's still really a good time to buy. Okay. Uh, you should know that really that's such a low interest rate. And if you're selling your home in a rising environment, remember, if you want to save a few dollars, if you have a good deal and they can get a mortgage and they've gone to ACE and they're pre-qualified, they've gone to Citizens, you know, it's nickel and diamond for a few cents. You know, if the interest rates continue to go up, then somebody will have less people that qualify. So... Uh, because if interest rates rise 1% and all other economic factors remain the same, purchasing power for home buyers will decrease by over 11%. Yes, that is true. All right? So remember that, sellers. If interest rates rise 1%, okay, and everything other than that, all economic factors remain constant, purchasing power decreases by 11%. This means a home purchase of 300000 a 1% interest rate rise reduces the buying power to just under 267 So if you've got a close offer and they're putting cash down and they have a credit check and they've been pre-approved uh, and, they, you know, and their terms are good, they wanna, they're going to move in when you need them to, like... Don't hesitate. It's, it's right. shifting from a seller's market to a buyer's market. So yeah. there's a couple things that everybody should consider. Well, you're going to tell them. Yeah. We're going to have a cliffhanger. We're going to have a little break. And then Ace is going to tell you things that you really should know in a rising interest rate market and some things that you might want to employ when you're thinking of buying or maybe you need money or there's a whole bunch of things. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back, 
and we are talking about the interest rates rising and how much um, if you're selling a home, you know, a person loses um, 11 percent of yeah. their buying power if they um, if the interest rates go up one percent. And mortgage interest rates, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think mortgage interest rates are about a half a percentage point higher than they were at the beginning of the year. Yes. Right? It went up twice already, and, and the plan is to go up possibly three more times by the end of the year. Three more times. Three more times. So rising rates are going to affect mortgage originations, at least for refinances. So, um, Ace, like in this kind of environment, would you, for a few things, and again, there's no one size fits all, but let's just talk about regular mortgages. If yeah. you are thinking of taking an arm, which means an adjustable rate mortgage, which you can get them for mm-hmm. three, five yeah. years, right? Um, would you still consider that in a rising interest rate or th- as long as the cap was decent? Yeah, I think it depends on your situation, right? So if you know that this is a starter home and you know you're going to move within the next five years, taking a 7-1 adjustable rate mortgage may be the product for you by leveraging the low interest rates. Or if you work on Wall Street and you have huge bonuses where you want to recast your loan, pay a little bit extra, lower the payment, that could be an option too. But I think what we're seeing now, Dottie, is folks that took out a 5171 arm seven years ago. Okay, a 51 t- explain to everyone what a 51 yes. arm so is. So a 51 arm. See, like, everyone's like a 51 arm. I think it's a five foot one arm. <laughs> you have this huge arm. You're so funny, Dottie. So a 51 adjustable rate mortgage, basically, it's fixed for the first five years. It's amortized within a 30 year. Um, amortization, so it's still a 30-year payment, but it's fixed only for the first five years. Now, there are different caps, such as 225, 525. I won't go into that as much, but there are caps to sort of cap the rate so that it doesn't go up too much. But so after you the, will know the so highest, you'll know the highest it can, that it can go up. But for just, just simplicity here, it's only fixed for the first five years. So folks that actually took on a 5-1 adjustable rate mortgage five years ago are now coming up to maturity where now it's going to be adjustable, right? So now it's going to, it's going to change with the market. So a lot of people now are refinancing to a 30-year fixed rate. So if you're looking into possibly getting a mortgage today and you're more on the conservative side, I still believe that 30-year fixed rate is still the best mortgage to go with because, look, yes, you can get a 3% rate, but I don't think we're ever going to see in our lifetime rates this low ever again at the 4% range. So, Well, you know what? I never saw, I, I never thought yeah. I'd see those rates exactly. in my lifetime. Right. Okay? So I think, you know, I think you're correct. Now, Ace, yeah. I read an article that said homeowners are sitting on $5.4 trillion in ready cash the most ever, and it's said that there's a strong shift to home equity loans and that uh, homeowners are able to tap in at the highest level on, it's the highest level on record that homeowners are tapping into home equity loans. Do you find that? Well, Dottie, guess which generation has the most equity in their homes? Jerry, Dottie? The baby baby boomers. boomers. Yes, exactly. So the baby boomers are the ones with the most equity. Um, A lot of them have 80, 90% equity right now in their homes, and they're just not really moving, right? Because prices are are still very expensive. There's not a lot of inventory out there. So what are they doing? They're actually 
going towards getting a home equity line of credit, fixing up maybe their kitchen, their bathroom, right. just getting it more up to date. They don't want to necessarily. They might want to have a second home somewhere. Exactly. But they don't want to really be not around their family. Yes. And they live longer. And they're staying in their houses. They're staying right now. And and it, that, that's probably adding on to the low inventory right. that we're seeing in the marketplace right now. You're right. And, um, you know, a lot of people, they target the millennials. But you know what? The baby boomers are right here. And, you know, a lot of them will downsize to maybe a smaller home. And if you're actually a buyer or, or a listing agent, you know, the focus has shifted so much towards millennials but we're forgetting about all these baby boomers that, that have all Don't this equity. Don't leave them out. They're not getting out so fast. They're not getting out so fast. They're hanging so. in there. Yeah. Um, and they have a lot of money. Just like I was reading, you know, I'm into, I'm, I love men, but I'm sorry, I'm into a lot of women women things, um, especially equal pay for women and things of that nature. And I looked at that the average uh the average marketing person doesn't really target women. They don't think that they really buy. Still, um, and they also, I was, you know, I was speaking to investment bankers and 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 some uh, equity people who said that, yeah, women really don't. They are. They'll save the bills. They'll help <coughs> make a decision on a house or a car, but they really don't know how to invest with <laughs> money. So I told Ace, I want to start a section in uh, his bag. For women, yeah. but not just for women to bank, for for women who have startup businesses, for women to learn about money. Uh, because most of us as women, uh, it was like it was a man's conversation. They don't say, oh, let's get the girls and talk about the stock market and whether we should invest or not, you know? So right. I, I, you know, so I, I think, and I think women really should be as knowledgeable as they can. Uh, and these baby boomers have a lot of cash and again, to me, if you, let's say your home, you bought it for, I'm just going to make easy numbers. You bought it at Ace for 100, let's say 200, and now it's worth 500. Yeah. There's $300,000 of equity that is money that's sitting in your house, and it's not making you anything. Your house is going to be worth the same thing no matter what you do. I mean, right. it, it has nothing yeah. to do with the mortgage amount. And again, you don't want to do what people did years ago and they got in trouble. You don't want to take out so much from your home, okay, uh, but you might want to take some of it out and do something with it or, uh, you know. Pay down some credit cards. Pay down some credit, credit cards. Yeah. 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 And I think a lot of people are doing that. They are. They are. It's, um, you know, a lot or of people. Or maybe you want to fix your house yes. and uh, put some things in, you know, that you always, dreams that you always had to do to your home and maybe you want to do it now or you want to make it a little bigger or something so that when your grandkids come over, they, I mean, so more than half of the borrowers with true equity last year used cash out refinances thanks to the near record low interest rates. Hmm. Um, now, that might change with higher rates, but are you seeing this more and more? Oh, definitely, Dottie. We see it every single day. Uh, refinance cash outs are one of the most popular refinance options out there right now just because, um, to our point, so many people are, you know, especially the baby boomers with so much equity, they're tapping into their, their equity and they're either going into, and look, they're living longer, um, they're working a little bit longer. So, you know, some of them will either say, Ace, you know, we're starting a new business venture. And, and right now, banks are still not giving away 100% of the equity, right? So you're still at a 70%. You, what, what, what is a rule of thumb that you think? 
um, max would be around 75, 80%. Um, but most banks will want to stay right around 70% on a refi cash. And I would advise people not to pull out all their equity. What happened in the recession of uh, 2007 was there were many homeowners that took out equity. They, they had their house almost paid off, like a lot of people have now. They had tons of equity, and they took it all out. And then when the market dropped and they mm-hmm. wanted to sell it, they couldn't. Definitely. So you want to sit with someone like Ace or someone at Citizens Bank and talk about a smart way of doing it so that you leave enough in your mm-hmm. home, but that you actually can yeah. make your money work for you. And most banks will cap it at 500000 Dottie. So even if you have a $3 million home, they won't allow you to tap into the whole $3 million. They'll They'll usually cap it at 500000 just to keep it um, conservative and, and safe for the for the borrower. Yeah, and home prices have grown. There's not a lot of inventory. And as I told you before, I, you know, and I think we live, and I, I don't want to get into it. I feel like I'm on a soap opera every time I listen to the news. <laughs> uh, but but I think we live in, in, a, in a time that is kind of iffy like you you know you don't know what's going to happen there's kind of so many uncertainties and so i think when people are uncertain some people stay on the fence and don't do so much so they rather just stay where they are and fix it up i also think that people feel safe around things that they know so you know more people will go to that local restaurant Mm -hmm. rather than go far in that local store and um, they want their families around them. So a lot of uh, people that might have been baby boomers that would retire to the small place, now, no. They actually want a bigger place than they had when they because now their kids have children, and so that's their kids and their grandchildren, and they want them to come and visit and stay with them, and they know if they don't have or the right accommodations, the visit will be very short. <laughs> Yeah. So I think a lot of people. So so what would they do? Make an appointment and sit with someone like yourself and yeah, just you know make an appointment and um, come and review your finances. You know because a lot of people, especially in today's marketplace, are so focused on price, but really what they should be focused in on is payment, right? Because you're going to leverage financing, and a lot of times you may think that you can't afford a certain price, but when we actually break down the interest rate, break down your monthly payment, it's a lot more affordable than what people thought. So I would definitely recommend someone sitting down with a banker like myself and just going over your financing, going over your revolving debt, your income, and really see if you can afford that price or that home. Now, because a lot of people, so I just got another, I have a bunch of uh, questions, and I'll get to them. But somebody just emailed me, gee, what, what's the rule, of, what, what is prime? What does prime mean when you talk about prime mortgage rate? So right now, the U- the U.S. prime rate is at, it's actually four point seven five, and prime rate depending on each bank is the credit worthiness of a bank willing to lend. So their their most pristine clients, you know, every bank will have a different rate. But right now, almost every single bank has their prime rate as at four point seven five. So that's, that's like the benchmark clients, that they use. Then those are for their clients that have good that's for credit. their clients that with good credit. Exactly. Remember something. We are giving tips to first-time buyers, and we say get your credit in place first because, you know, sometimes it could be a mere mistake on your credit report, or sometimes maybe you can pay something off. The borrowers that get the best rates are the ones who have the best credit. Yes, credit is king. Right. And so you might pay a lot more because your credit isn't isn't good. So before you, you go out there and buy that house, 
fix up your credit. So that's what what Prime is. And the, and um, why would you take a home equity? Then would you then when you refinance, or would you take a home equity, or what would you or one better than the other? Um, I think if it's a small amount, a home equity line of credit. Um, is always the uh, better route to go just because it's a quicker um, closing time, turnaround time, and the rates are substantially low, right? Now, if it's a larger amount, like if you were going to maybe pull out two hundred, three hundred thousand, 300000 I may um, encourage you to look into a cash-out refinance because it's fixed uh, for a while, so it gives you the ability to pay back the loan with um, payments that are fixed, right? Okay. So. Now, these are things that I think when you're taking out a refinance or you're doing a home equity, uh, here's things that I would just say, rule of thumb, don't count on high levels of appreciation. Even if that happens, count on a conservative number. Even if your property has been appreciating at 12% or more, just don't count on that. Use a conservative number of appreciation. Don't end up with too high a payment. Don't take Mm -hmm. so many out that your payments is too high. And don't let good financing result in a bad purchase. Yes. Uh, Right? And don't forget that cash flow is king. Cash flow. So those are kind of uh, the rules of thumb. And uh, what happens, Ace, if you die? What happens to the mortgage if somebody dies? So if you die, I mean, this may be more of a legal question for Jerry, um, but again, if if let's say you have a mortgage and you pass away, depending on who's on the title, that person will then assume the responsibility. Now, if you're alone, so Jerry, what happens if you do pass away and you're there solely and it's you're you're the only person on the title? Well, I mean, if you're the only person on the title, then you know your estate's going to determine who gets the the real property, mm-hmm. but it's going to they're going to take it subject to that mortgage. Um, and, you know, usually the banks will give a reasonable grace period for the estate to settle their affairs and either sell the property and extinguish the debt or refinance and cash out of that. But, you know, they are very quickly aware of the death usually when it happens and they're in touch with the estate and they say, listen, I want my payments made. Well, Jerry, we should do that. You know, I just, we should go through that. Not, not today. I don't know the time, but really what happens at the death and why say you you should put things in maybe other person's names with you. And I just want to tell you something. This was uh, in magazines that closings are smoother when the loan offices are present. So when you have a good loan officer, if they can be there, definitely, you really want them to be there because it's a proven fact that when the loan offices are present at the closing, it goes, in most cases, better. We try to attend every single closing. I know you do. And that's something that Citizens does. They try to be at every closing they can. Um, We'll be back. We have some really interesting stories, and I have some more questions. And, Jerry, I have a question for you. Who owns marital marital property? Like marriage and property ownership. Who owns what? We'll be right back after the 11 o'clock news. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.